Welcome to the College Investor Audio Show, where we talk about the biggest issues impacting millennial money, from student loan debt to side hustles to building wealth. We will show you how to get out of debt so that you can build real wealth for the future. Scholarship applicants and recipients face many potential pitfalls. Today, you can learn how to anticipate and respond to these scholarship gotchas, including the low odds of winning a scholarship, scholarship scams, scholarship displacement, and scholarship taxes. All today. Welcome to a scholarship crash course. All right, let's get right to it. So let's first talk about the low odds of actually winning a scholarship. So for most students, private scholarships are part of the plan for paying for college, but not the entire plan. More than one and a half million private scholarships are awarded each year. Did you get that? One and a half million scholarships. That's crazy. With a total value of more than $6 billion, according to data from the National Post-Secondary Student Aid Study, NPSAS. That's fun to say. Most of this money goes to students in bachelor's degree programs. But your odds of winning a private scholarship are actually pretty low. Among students who intend to pursue a bachelor's degree, only about one in eight use one or more private scholarships to actually pay for college, an average annual total of about 4200 bucks. That's only about 15% of the average annual cost of attendance at a four-year college. Few, very few students win a free ride through private scholarships alone. Only 0.1% of undergrad students won $25,000 or more in private scholarships. Less than 1% won 10000 bucks or more in scholarships. Almost all private scholarship recipients, 97%, won $2,500 or less in scholarships. Well, some students are more likely to win private scholarships than others, but even for talented students, the odds of winning a private scholarship are low. Students with better grades and test scores are more likely to win some private scholarships. Students with at least a 3.0 high school grade point average are twice as likely to win a private scholarship. I had a 3.4. I think I got like $2,000 or something. <laughs> anyway, if you, and that actually represents more than four-fifths of private scholarship recipients, 3.0 or higher. Students with above-average SAT and ACT test scores are twice as likely as well to win private scholarships. Maybe that's why my ACT score kind of stunk more, anyway, more than, more than half of students with a perfect SAT test score, 1,600, win private scholarships. And more than a third with a perfect ACT test score of 36 win private scholarships. But less than 0.1% of admissions test takers get a perfect SAT or ACT test score every year. 0.1%. Man. You can, though, increase your odds of winning a private scholarship by using a few tips to match more scholarships. First, start, for, start searching for scholarships now. The sooner you start searching for scholarships, the fewer deadlines you're going to miss. If you wait until spring to start searching for scholarships, you're going to miss half the deadlines. You don't have to wait until you're a high school senior either to apply, to apply for these. There are scholarships for students in elementary and middle school, no joke, not just in high school. You can also continue to win scholarships after you're enrolled in college. 
Search two or more of the free online scholarship matching websites. There's a lot of overlap among the scholarship databases, but each database has a few scholarships that aren't included in other databases. The largest and most popular scholarship search sites are fastweb.com and the College Board's Big Future. Then, when using a free scholarship matching website, answer the optional questions for more matches. Students who answer the optional questions in addition to the required questions tend to match about twice as many scholarships. The more work you do, the better. Look for some near-miss matches, too, where you kind of just barely missed matching the scholarship. Sometimes, a 0.1-point increase in your GPA. That's like, that's like a B-plus besides a B, you know? Or a 50-point increase in your SAT test score can help you qualify for more scholarships. This can motivate you to study just a little bit harder, but don't apply for a scholarship if you don't satisfy the selection criteria. You're just wasting your time at that point. Search for scholarships offline in addition to online. So online scholarship searches involve a more targeted matching process, while searching for scholarships offline is a little more exploratory. But you can look for scholarship listing books do they still make those in the jobs and careers section of your local library? Do they still have those or bookstore? I don't know if they have bookstores. But check the copyright date first. If the book is more than a year or two, it's just going to be too old to be useful. It's like about 10% of the information changes every single year. You can find local awards posted to a bulletin board outside your school counselor's office or on the school's website. Counselors are great resources for this as well. You can increase your odds of winning a private scholarship by applying to more scholarships. Apply to every scholarship. Every scholarship you're eligible for. You can't win if you don't apply. It's a numbers game. There's an element of luck, not just skill, in who wins a scholarship. The more scholarship apps you submit, the greater your chances are of winning one. This might seem like a lot of work, I know, but it gets easier after your first half dozen scholarship apps, though, since you can just start reusing essays for each new scholarship program. You know, just a few small tweaks here and there will do it. Pursue less competitive scholarships, such as small awards and essay contests, in addition to going for the gold. Winning a few small scholarships can quickly add up to a lot of money. Take, for example, that $2,500 or less level. Three or four of those? Bam, you're close to that $10,000 mark. If a scholarship requires you to be nominated by your school, ask your principal or school counselor to be nominated. Provide them with a copy of your accomplishments resume, which will help you complete the nomination. They'll help you do that as well. The accomplishments resume summarizes your hobbies, activities, honors, and awards. Okay, now, a little bit of Mythbusters in this section. Scholarship Myths the unclaimed aid myth. The unclaimed aid myth falsely claims that billions of dollars of scholarships went unclaimed last year. It's promoted by paid scholarship matching services to convince students to pay money to search their scholarship databases. The databases of free scholarship matching services are better, so there's no reason to ever pay money to search for scholarships. The reality is, that almost all scholarships programs receive many qualified applicants for every single scholarship, sometimes by a ratio as high as 400 to 1. The most common version of the unclaimed aid myth 
says that $6.6 billion in scholarships went unclaimed last year. Huh? This is a myth that's based on a 1976-77 to academic year study by the National Institute of Work and Learning, which estimated that $7 billion in employer tuition assistance was potentially available from employers for employees. <laughs> but only about 300 to $400 million was being used each year. This myth is more than 40 years old, has nothing to do with scholarships, and presents estimates that are unsupported by evidence. 40 years old. A few scholarships do go unclaimed because they can't be claimed. These scholarships have very restrictive selection criteria. An example of it would be the ZOLP, Z-O-L-P, scholarship, which is available at Loyola University of Chicago for students born with the last name of, you guessed it, ZOLP. The name must appear on both their birth certificate and christening certificate. <laughs> Can't change your name to qualify either. There is one form of financial aid that, goes, that does go unclaimed, despite millions of students being eligible, and that's the federal Pell Grant. About 2 million students in 2015 and 16 who did not file the free application for federal student aid, FAFSA, would have qualified for a federal Pell Grant if they had filed the FAFSA. Of them, 1.2 million would have qualified for the maximum federal Pell Grant. All right, enough of the myth. Now let's kind of look at some scams. They're kind of mythological, I guess. If you have to pay money to get money, it's probably a scam. Scholarships are about giving away money, not getting money. Scams are focused on getting you to pay them money or even identity theft. Never invest more than a postage stamp to find out information about scholarships or, for that matter, even to apply for scholarships because nobody can guarantee you'll win a scholarship. Don't give out personal information like bank account numbers and credit card numbers to apply for a scholarship. A demand draft, look for those keywords, allows a thief to empty your bank account with just the account number and bank routing number from the bottom of a check. Do not share your social security number with anybody. Scholarship providers do not need your social security number, not even if you win the scholarship. Scholarship providers do not report scholarships to the IRS. Instead, the scholarship recipient is responsible for reporting the taxable portion of a scholarship on their federal income tax return. Please keep that in mind. Let's take a look at scholarship displacement, and then we're close to wrapping up for today. Scholarship displacement occurs when winning a private scholarship leads you to a reduction in the college's institutional grants. About half of scholarship recipients experience scholarship displacement. When you win a private scholarship, it reduces your financial need, so the college may reduce your need-based financial aid package. But colleges have some flexibility in how they reduce your financial aid package. They can choose to apply the scholarships to unmet need, and they can choose to reduce loans before work and work before grants. The average unmet need, or gap, is more than $10,000 per year, leaving out a lot of room, or leaving a lot of room, rather, to absorb the private scholarship. So look for the college's outside scholarship policy on its website. This specifies how a college reduces financial aid when a student wins a private scholarship. Very important to know this. 
Even some colleges that claim to not engage in scholarship displacement will reduce their grants in subsequent years when the student receives a renewable scholarship. They take the renewable scholarship for granted. This is called stealth displacement. Very ninja-like. Workarounds do include asking for an adjustment to the college's cost of attendance, uh, such as to cover the ca- actual costs of college textbooks or to cover the cost of a computer or and some peripherals, and then deferring the scholarship to a subsequent year. Keep receipts for books, supplies, and equipment, and also ask the college for an adjustment to the cost of attendance if your total costs exceed the allowance within the student budget. Ask the scholarship provider for some help, too. Scholarship providers want to know if their scholarships are being displaced. Sometimes they can negotiate with the college on your behalf or provide you with assistance in some other ways. It's just so important to communicate <laughs> throughout all the processes. Six states have actually passed laws banning scholarship displacement. Now let's talk about keeping your scholarship and then one more point and then we wrap it up for today. A little bit longer of a show today, but it's so important and a lot of great information. So some scholarships are renewable, but you may have to maintain a minimum GPA, participate in community service, or even send periodic reports to the scholarship provider. Winning the scholarship was, of course, the hardest part. But just make sure you know what you need to do to keep your scholarship. Even if it's not renewable, send the scholarship sponsor a thank you letter that tells them how the scholarship made a difference in your life. One time, a student wrote such a heartfelt thank you for her scholarship that the scholarship provider was moved to turn her non-renewable scholarship into a four-year scholarship. It's worth a shot. Just be polite. You never know what will happen. Scholarship taxes, and this is our last point for today. Scholarships are tax-free if used to pay for tuition and required fees, books, supplies, and equipment. If used for living expenses such as housing, meal plans, and transportation, those are going to be taxable. The scholarship recipient must be pursuing a degree or a certificate. The scholarship must not be a fee for services provided to the college. There are exceptions for tuition waivers, comprehensive student work learning service programs operated by work colleges, the National Health Service Corps Scholarship Program, and the Armed Forces Health Professional Scholarships. Some scholarship providers award scholarships through 529 college savings plans because they have a more favorable tax treatment. Qualified distributions from a 529 include not just tuition and textbooks, but also room and board if the student is enrolled at least half-time. The cost of a computer, including peripherals, software and internet access, and special needs expenses. The impact of non-qualified distributions from a 529 plan is minimal if the scholarship provider contributed funds to the 529 plan recently, so there was no time for earnings to accumulate. The taxes on a non-qualified distribution are based on the earnings portion of the distribution. 529 plans may also be effective at bypassing Scholarship displacement. Very cool. If you have any questions about anything we discussed, I know it was like a fire hose of information today. <laughs> you can find this article at thecollegeinvestor.com. Copy paste the title of this podcast right into the search bar and you'll find it. You can also follow us on social media. We're everywhere you are. Just search for The College Investor. 
We'd love to get to know you and help you along in your journey to paying for college, maybe even paying for college debt-free using scholarships, 529 plans, all kinds of really cool stuff. Thank you so much for stopping by today, and we will talk to you again real soon.